Yeah. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, man, this welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome to happiest people on the planet. With me tonight is Jude Hill. She's an all-rounder. She is in a lot of, she's involved you know, in a lot of things. She does also decorating and making, actually I should say, she makes life uh, people more happier and adds more meaning by doing that. So, Jude, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for having me, Charles. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Ah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit of you. Was it your from was it a dream kind of life to be what you are doing right now? Did you dream a little bit of what you are doing now? Explain Absolutely how did you not. come into it. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not, Charles. <laughs> My life has taken a very strange path from start to finish. And I sometimes I sit back and I look and I wonder what on earth is going on. <laughs> because <laughs> at the time you think your experience there is no meaning to them. But as you get older, you can see that life is directing you down a certain path. Yeah. And I can say that all my experiences have now led me to this point and your, you have come into my life at a very magical point where I'm at a crossroads. And wow. the life that I have been leading has been very much making everybody else's life better. Like you said, I, I look after a lot of families. Uh, I just make their households run well. I clean, mm. I garden, I decorate, and they're very, very happy with me. And that has made me happy because it has given me meaning to a certain degree, but not in a highly spiritual level. I always knew that there was something else I was supposed to be doing. And I have reached this conclusion over the last few months and mm. talking to people, um, recently in the last few months it's come clearer and clearer in my head and all the interests that I've I've been developing over the past years and mm. the skills I've been learning and gaining confidence in talking to people it's all leading to this point lovely lovely <laughs> lovely Judy yeah uh, what is that one thing which you really love when you're helping people what is that what is that uh, kind of uh, thing which gives you that much energy and that attitude of really flowing in your, in your mission, so to say? Okay. Well, I think I am now totally passionate about helping people become as healthy and happy as they can be. And from my personal experience, that has meant becoming a plant-based eater, um, keeping myself fit and well. And uh, I would say my primary focus is for the benefit of animals. So I do call myself a vegan. Uh, mm. If it's just for the, the personal health, then it's just plant-based eating. But my primary driving force mm. is uh, animal welfare. So uh, all these things combine so that it helps animals out by 
them mm. not being eaten, obviously. And I can see through all the research and um, just educating myself online that we can all be so much healthier and happier if, mm. if we change our way of eating from what's been conventional for years and years. And I experience it myself and I experience it in friends of mine who've made the change. I've got friends who eat 100% raw vegan mm. food and, and they're just shining with it. You know, they're... Mm. They, they look stunning. They're, you know, thriving, happy, healthy people. And I'm on that journey uh, since Christmas. I was a vegan about uh, four to five years ago, vegetarian eight years ago. And since Christmas this year, I thought I need to try out how it feels being 100% raw vegan. And mm. the change in myself, it, it was that final uh, final change i suppose that i needed in my body and mind to really uh crystallize you know that that is what i wanted to do and uh, you know i just feel so much better in myself so you know a good clean pure diet and i know that's not for everybody you know it does take a radical mindset to change from how we've been brought up to eat because mm. uh, you know my mum bless her she was you know overcooked meat and two veg so it wasn't very inspiring and for many many years I wasn't I wasn't excited by food at all you know I didn't know mm. that food could be totally gorgeous and delicious and and nurture us with with the sort of life force that it has if you just eat vegetables um mm. so you know that that has really lit lit excitement in me really and the more i'm around people of a similar mindset uh the the higher i feel my vibration going up and enjoy joy and excitement you know i'm i'm really excited that now i've i've actually honed my ideas of what i want to do so that's mm. now what i'm working on so that i can gradually move over from what i have been doing to what i want to do so um as I say, I'm, I'm trying to become more confident with public speaking so that I can stand up and mm. try and inspire people to give it a go. Because I know, um, you know, a lot of people really think going vegan is a scary concept or, uh, you know, it's too difficult or their friends wouldn't like it or what have you. But, you know, if I could just inspire people to make the change and see the difference in themselves, I'd be really happy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, re it's really nice to know what i want to do now properly <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you think you know what is uh, knowing what you want to do and happiness how does those two things uh, collide together for you knowing think... what you want to do and being happy is there any kind of like uh, when you know more of what you want to do, the more happier you are, or how do you get it? I yeah, I think you need to know what you want to do to be 100% happy, definitely. Mm. Or, or maybe we're not ever going to be 100% <laughs> happy uh, because we're humans. But I think if you don't know what you want to do and you mm. feel you're you know, walking around in the dark without purpose, I don't think you can be as happy as you could be. And I must admit, for many, many years, uh, I was wondering about my purpose. I really was. I thought, you know, why am I here? What, what's my purpose? And I, I used to ask God and I didn't get an answer, you know, maybe the last 15 years. 
And uh, I thought, okay, well, one day I might know. <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> maybe we, need, we need to get the life experience first to yeah. realize our purpose uh, for some of us. And then other people are lucky because they, they leave school and they know exactly what they want to do. Mm. And, and I feel I feel that's really great. You know, I've got friends that left school, became nurses, uh, went into professions, and I used to look at them and think, "You're so lucky. You know what you want to do. Why don't I?" <laughs> where's the rhyme and reason? I don't know. It's kind of hidden here yeah? for for some of us. We need to maybe we need to put you know, like you said, you 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 asked a question to God. Yeah, and then with the time you got into like knowing this is it right yes it, does that sound like an answer or you know sometimes i hear people say you need to put your question there and then sometimes you may forget about it yes <laughs> and then as yes. you just go through life then you find out oh it's exactly the the the, the answer to the question i asked before how That's so true, Charles. That's absolutely true. Because when I think about where, when I asked the question of God, what, yeah. what do you want me to do with my life? I was really not very happy and I wasn't eating very well. And I feel I wasn't in the right place and space to be promoting this. I didn't know about it. So I obviously had to develop my knowledge and mm. develop an interest and obviously I wasn't a vegan then anyway uh, and that seems to be the missing link in my progression through life I feel <laughs> because <laughs> it totally changed everything when I became a vegan so much for wow. the better so much for the better so and and I have to say that if you speak to vegans any vegan under the sun they'll yeah. say I wish I did it earlier no one wow. regrets it but you know, it's just taking that first first step and, yeah. and wanting that yeah. to wanting that to be part of your life. So uh, I can't. I wouldn't fo dream of forcing it on anybody. Uh, mm. You can't do that. That's it's such a personal choice. It's like your religion. It's like um, you know what you what what your meaning is, what your yeah. values are. You can't give those to other people. Sure. You have to take that on yourself. So yeah, otherwise, right. it's yeah. meaningless. So. Yeah, you just invite people to listen to the information and see hmm. if they uh, are interested. I would love to hear something about it. if there's any information you can send me or something. <laughs> like to, because I've never really um, uh, had a friend who is a vegan. Mm -hmm. Or really, I've just heard of some like far people from there who are not really close to vegan <laughs> so I never I, I don't know what brought them into that was it for you like a challenge in the beginning what was it for you did you just thought okay you want to be vegan that's it I'm just <laughs> this is the bowl this is the end of it, it. it this is, is... So I just go there how did it go for you did you go this is kind of what, uh, one of my favorite stories because um I think I was doing a, a high meat diet many years ago. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. You'd buy these horrible sachets full of meat and I wanted to lose a lot of weight. And a friend said, this is the way to do it. Okay. And I was eating this food 
what is the high image? Why, why high image? Lots, lots of meat in it. Oh, so, you, so you'd buy like plastic sachets of meat in sauce, and oh. you couldn't tell what animal it came from. It looked disgusting. It tasted disgusting. And I was eating this stuff thinking, oh, it's vile. And you can't see, but my dog is sat here on my lap now. When I'm on the computer, she always jumps up. So, and oh. I, was eat, I was eating this. And then I looked down at my dog, who was about a year at the time. So this is now eight years ago. She's nearly nine. And I remember looking at her and I think, well, she's an animal. And this was an animal, but I can't tell what it was. And then it just went on in my head. Well, why am I eating this if I wouldn't eat my dog? And that's a really strange right. thought to have because I, in the past I'd had dogs and I hadn't thought that thought hmm. and in the in the past i'd worked on farms and i was involved in farming and what happened my to father animals. was a farmer i grew Your up father in a, was a farm. Charles. i mean yeah until i was like ah let me say 16 17 ah so you know what goes on on farms then. yeah i know what yeah. you mean <laughs> yeah i i used to think that was that was my second idea for a career and i cope with two years of it two to three years of it and I thought I can't do this anymore but I still at that time when I was 18 I still didn't have the idea to be vegetarian it was something about having this dog who wasn't a working dog I'd had sheep mm. dogs before this was a dog that was purely for my company mm. um, a companion animal uh, she's very small and it felt like I'd taken a baby into my life again. And you know, pets are just like having a little child. They always need yeah. you. You yeah. always have to look after them. So I feel it was that sort of mothering sense in me that, you know, this is my furry child, if you like. Baby. Yeah. My little baby. That just sounds so soft and sweet, but <laughs> that's not me at all. Uh, I'm a very, very practical girl. But it, it was just suddenly, it was just like, oh, right, okay love my dog, uh, this, this was an animal and I'm never going to eat this again. I remember I just looked at it and I thought, can't tell what animal it was, never eating meat again. And that was the last time I ate meat. So that was eight years ago. Mm. And um, the veganism, that veganism is another step further because you cut out everything to do with animals. So it's, it's the eggs, the milk. Um, oh, okay. I wouldn't wear leather. I wouldn't wear wool or silk. It's, it's a completely what about, different... what about milk? No, you don't drink animal smoke. So you're not okay. using any, any product any. from an animal. So the whole philosophy of veganism is don't eat, don't use, don't abuse, and don't take anything from living creatures so it's insects it's bees it's you know sheep cows birds mm. uh, so it really involves a lot and I remember thinking after I got comfortable with being a vegetarian and vegetarians just not eating the meat isn't it just yeah, not eating yeah. animals and I thought I'm comfortable with this, but I want to go further. I really, really started learning about it on the internet. There's so much great information there. And then I thought, before I can call myself a vegan, I need to make sure that I can nurture myself okay, because you see lots of scare stories on the internet that we're all weak and malnourished. You can see I look very pale and ill, don't I? No. You, know, I, uh, no. <laughs> you seem to be strong. I've seen you drink. 
some exercise. Yes. You know, I, my body is thriving. It's never been this yeah. good, I have to say. So, um, yeah, so, but, but you, you take in these messages that all vegans are, you know, are, are weak and wobbly and they're missing all these nutrients. So I thought, okay, well, I've got to do it properly. I don't want to be a bad example. I want to, mm. as soon as I uh, call myself a vegan, I want to know that I'm doing it properly and can be a good example. So I went and I did cookery courses. I did mm. quite a lot of cookery courses in a um, town near me. I did quite a few online courses. So I really got to know how to manage it and, and what mm. it all involved. And then as soon as I, I think I got my diploma in um, vegan cookery, I thought, right, that's it. Then, you know, I'm now going to call myself a vegan. So, uh, I mean, I don't know all the information. There's so much knowledge I don't have. And, you know, the nutrition side of it, you know, I can be easily baffled with science. But, you know, my heart is totally 100% vegan. And, you know, the, the animals, that's my main motivation. If, if I can be uh, strong and healthy, which I am, that's, mm. that's a bonus. And obviously it has a knock-on effect with the planet as well. And that could be a motivation for other people as well because mm. the pollution, that's coming to the fore, isn't it? People are giving up plastic and, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, social movement coming up now with all these issues, isn't there? So, and, you know, you just think, well, what's, what's your main interest what's your main focus mm. and what's your main angle and that gives you the the passionate drive to make sure being a vegan is successful and that you sustain it and keep keep going but i wouldn't go back i wouldn't mm. never ever and and any vegan will tell you that no that's it because you know it, it becomes into you it becomes part of you yeah i identify with it more than anything else mm. more than more than a mother daughter sister you know i'm i'm an advocate for animals now so that's how i feel about it so you can see i'm quite strong-minded <laughs> yeah that's lovely to hear that's that's yeah. really this is the first time i'm speaking to a really you know a big uh, a real life vegan i hope you'll always remember this conversation and and maybe next time you're looking at your uh, choices in the supermarket or think oh I might give that soya milk a try instead of the cow's milk maybe or oh instead of having uh, ribs on the barbecue I'll go for some sweet corn instead or something <laughs> my daughter that. takes a soya meal you know soya or this kind of what you call that one now from these nuts you know they make almonds you can almond. have almond milk cashews almond milk, rice, yes. oats there's so much choice charles yeah so much choice yeah the, the last thing i found really difficult yes. was uh because i love coffee i've tried to do without coffee for a few months but i've just started again when you go out all the coffee shops can do a very nice soya um coffee but when i was trying that at home it went really curdly and I thought, this is not going to work if I give up coffee. I need to be able to have a nice coffee if this yeah. veganism is going to work. And uh, I found soya cream worked really well. So I thought, oh, that's fine. It's okay with me now then. It's, it's like coffee cream, right? <laughs> it's a, it's a little, little box of it. And it's in the, um, it'll be next to the, um, the long life creams. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's like greenish, right? Yes, it's only a little tiny box of it yeah. and you don't need much in your coffee. But so, so there is something for 
every occasion. So you've got cream for your coffee, you've got mm. cream cheese for your bagels. You know, there's, yes. you know, there's, oh, I'm not missing anything. You know what I've stopped drinking? Oh, what's that then? Rum? Coffee. <laughs> oh, I just, I just drink it when I go with the friends or, Yes, occasion. yeah. But I'm I making did. for myself a coffee. I I don't know. It's like, um, yeah, it's almost uh, half a year now, I think. Oh, the same time as me then, Charles. What I was yeah. finding uh, last summer, I counted up how many cups of coffee I was drinking a day and it got up to about eight. <laughs> eight, eight cups of coffee. And I thought, no, no, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, I need to go stop it just like that because I can't cut down. It's either I'll enjoy it and drink it or I don't do it. So I thought I'll just see if coffee's got control of me or if I can control the coffee craving. And so I think this week, uh, where was I? I was somewhere really nice. And I thought, do you know what? I want to see what happens. I hadn't mm. drunk any coffee since last, I think it was autumn. So it must be about six months now. I'll just try a coffee. I thought my head was going to explode if I tried it. Anyway, I had this coffee. It was a nice um, flat white with soy milk and nothing happened. There was no heart palpitations. There was no jitteriness. And I thought, hmm. oh, that's really interesting. I was expecting that, you know, I'd have really reacted to it. So I thought, yeah. okay, coffee's no longer got a grip of me so I can have one occasionally now when I'm out with a friend so exactly. it is such a treat isn't it a really nice it's a treat I like it you know I drink it like probably maybe once a week or once in two weeks but I enjoy it more yeah it have a nice week on me I enjoy it it's just a thing which I can enjoy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. how did you you know, strength-wise, you're talking about, you know, you thought when you are vegan now, you will kind of hear people saying, you know, you'll be weaker <laughs> and you will not be able to do this and that. How are you, how were you feeling? How, what is the difference with what you used to feel when you were not a vegan and now that you are vegan, you, yeah. Well, I would love to tell you that I I noticed a difference for the better, but Hmm. over the, if I think about it, I'm now 55 and I didn't notice that I immediately got stronger, but what I did notice that I didn't get weaker. Hmm. And I think that possibly had I been eating um, like a really bad diet, that maybe at my age now, I'd start to be feeling weaker, maybe. And, and ladies get bone fractures, don't they, if they don't eat right? Maybe that would have started showing up, but it's not. Um, I feel really strong. Uh, hmm. as, as you noticed on my Facebook, I did this handstand challenge the I other was, day. Just, I was there. Yeah. Just for fun. <laughs> it, it, I, was I was watching. <laughs> I was trying to liven up Facebook because it can get a bit boring and you just see the same old stuff. And I thought, I love challenging myself. So I thought, I don't know. I'd seen someone do it years ago and I thought, oh gosh, it's been years since I did a handstand when I was at junior school. I wonder if I can do it. So anyway, I had to go in the house here and a couple of failed attempts when I crashed into the door. 
<laughs> a few bruises on my legs. And then the third attempt, I did it. And that's the one where I filmed myself. And I was so pleased. I was so excited. So I thought, okay. I thought, oh my gosh, this woman is strong, man. Look at that. Yeah. But I, I do think also I, I started, um, I, I got a very young mindset. I always think, hmm. Try different things. So a year ago, I started doing yoga, and I think that helped with um, arm strength. You know, when you're ah, doing your downward dog, yeah. I, I uh, yeah, the downward dog where you're resting on your arms and shoulders. I think that's probably helped for a year. Um, and also, I like swimming. I'm just, I just an active person. I just love mm. walking, cycling, swimming. And the challenge is, yeah, I always challenge myself because I think that's a motivation to get yourself out there and do some exercise. So I think mm. it's um, coming up two and a half years ago, I cycled Land's End to John and Groats for charity. Mm -hmm. So that was, um, that really motivated me to get um, cycling fit because that was going to be uh, 14 days on a bicycle. So that got quite uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> But I did raise some money for charity, so it was all worth it. But oh, oh I love that experience. Despite the discomfort, I really love doing that because I love cycling. And uh, the swimming, then I, I had one year where I was doing lots of different events. So I swam a year, I uh, swam a year, I uh, swam a mile rather. Um, a mile? A mile, but that was, 80, yeah, that was 80 lengths of a pool. Anyone can do wow. that. It's not, it's not running right. a mile. Um, and then, uh, I think it was about seven years ago. I thought I did think I wasn't a runner, which I'm not, I'm built for comfort, not speed. <laughs> and <laughs> when I was at school, our school mistress used to send us out for cross country runs. I don't know if you were sent out to do runs. We in did the, that. We yeah, did. I remember. They were horrendous. So well, like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> they were painful. <laughs> They were horrible. The sadist. I think she just went back to the the room and had a cup of coffee while we were, we were all out struggling with it. Oh, I still remember that lady. But anyway, since then I thought I'm not a runner because she just sent us out. It hurt. I couldn't run. I had to walk. So for all these years, I thought I can't run. I can't run. But when I was at the gym, I was talking to a lady about that, and she said, yeah. "You can run. You can run." And oh, yes, I do remember. I was 45 because I remember thinking, well, oh, 45, I'm too old to run anyway. She said, no, you're not. So she gave me a program hmm. and it was six week program. And you literally start run one minute and walk one, one minute from one, one minute. minute, just okay. for one minute. And then you walk a minute, hmm. run one minute and you alternate for 20 minutes. And after six weeks, I was running for half an hour. So from, hmm. literally from that tiny little start, yeah. I was up to running for half an hour. Wow. And then that brings you up to a level of running fitness, which I, I, I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe it. I was so pleased. So then, then I thought, okay, I've just got this challenge mindset. What can I do with this? So I thought, hmm. I know. I always think big. I know I'm going to run the Bristol Half Marathon because that, that just seemed huge. I knew I couldn't run a whole marathon, but I'd try a half. So I did run the Bristol half marathon and raise money for charity. And I think half marathon is 13 miles, is it? I think 13 yeah, I think so. miles. Yeah, so it wasn't fast. It was uncomfortable. And I had soldiers passing me, covered in all their kit, carrying their backpacks, <laughs> passing me. <laughs> and people, people could probably walk <laughs> faster than I could run. <laughs> 
I just thought, oh, good, good girl, Jude, you're doing it at my age and I'm just doing it. So I just think we all just need to keep that mindset of being open to a challenge, try anything. I love Mm. the idea that you're never too old. We can try anything, can't we? So that's true. uh, It keeps you young at heart because, you know, Charles, when you look in the mirror, it's a Mm. bit of a fright, isn't it? Because inside our heads, we're still 18. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Yes. And then we look in the mirror and you think, what happened? <laughs> I'm still young. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes. Forget the number. We're still 18. <laughs> I'm not working with numbers now. <laughs> I'm, I'm going backwards. Life, you know <laughs> Charles, we'll start going backwards. <laughs> yeah, we'll go backwards. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't look at those numbers anymore. I don't. It's just nothing, you know. It's nothing to do with anything, you know. <laughs> no, that's so true. Yeah. I mean, we have to, to keep our spirits, you know. Yes. Our young spirits, I think. Yeah, you definitely. Know? If yeah. you always think of ourselves like with the numbers, we end up being people who are very, you know, reserved. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> like our... So very critical on things. Well, <laughs> our, our parents' generation would probably be like that, wouldn't they? I know my, my parents are very serious and they went straight into work from school. Oh, can you and imagine? They, they, their life is just work. Can and I think, I, yes. I don't want to be like that. You know, I, <laughs> oh, silly. <laughs> I know. I do work hard, but I also think that's not what it's all about. Hmm. No, we need to have fun. That's why I love playing with my little, you know, a granddaughter. How old when, is she then? She, she's, she, she is four. Oh, that's a lovely age. Yeah. And I tell you when I when when I'm with her, it's just it's just amazing, you know. She yeah. like, Papa, she calls me Papa Grandpa. You know? <laughs> and it's all playing, you know, we dance, we jump, we play with toys, we it's I just give all my attention to her because she's the only sweet little granddaughter I of bet- course. Yeah. I bet that's magical. Totally magical. I can't wait for my daughter to have her children. <laughs> come on, Sarah, come on. <laughs> yeah, that keeps us young, you know. Yes. Spirit, you know, like you, you, you have, you know. I'm going to love being a grandma. And it's you amazing. don't look old enough, Charles, to be a grandfather. <laughs> you look like you're about 35. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and your spirit is still 18. Yeah. That's for sure. You see, that's yeah. why we need to keep our spirits down there, you know? <laughs> like, we're, like we're little kids. <laughs> yes. You know? Life is better, don't you think so? When we are like little... Yeah. Kids, we can express more. Yes. We can we... do more. You know, we, can, we are not rigid. <laughs> So how were your parents, Charles, when you were growing up? Did they allow you to be very free and open-spirited and childlike? My parents didn't let me be like that. Oh. <laughs> I grew up with uncles and, and, and aunts, you know, 
because where I, where my parents used to live, you know, it was saying the bush in Africa, you know, he was a farmer. Yeah. So the school went up to the third grade. And so if we want to go for, for the fourth grade, I had to go to live with an uncle. Ah, I see. Far. Yeah. And then I tell you, I lived with like uncles and, and aunts, probably four different aunts and uncles by the time I finished my high school. So I was, <laughs> I was in between there. But yeah, they allowed me to be, you know, I was the only boy. So I had uh, a lot of only friends I had a little time with my parents. That's what I missed. Oh, yes. The school, you know. Yeah. But when I came back home, my mom was so sweet. She was such a... Loved my father, too. He was. Oh, they must have missed you as well. Yeah, yeah. So it was a kind of like a, a, a really close coming together. You know, they appreciated my being there. And I appreciated really long to see them you know yeah i bet <laughs> i can't wait to to hit home you know yeah <laughs> after, the, after the school yeah in the school holidays it was just but it's all all life's rich experience isn't it yes and you're probably really lovely with so many different people because of that upbringing aren't you that's true i lived with uncles and one of my uncle i've learned a lot of things from these um, living with uncles and, and aunts you know, different kinds of people. You know, you know, we all people, we want to be happy. You know, that's our, you know, yeah. whether we are unconscious or unconscious, we want to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there are things which stops us. Like one of my uncle, he was a short-tempered mm. person. You know, he could not control his, uh, you know, temperance. So mm -hmm. eating his kids, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I could see, you know, all, you know, uh, the difference of people, you know, they want this, but they cannot get there. They mm. want to be happy, but they cannot be happy just yeah. because of the, the, their attitude and the way they live and the way they think gets yes. on their way. So it becomes a hard thing, you know, yeah. if they get happy, it's just within some minutes or some time frame. Yeah. Something goes up and they blow up again. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting looking at people and watching people, isn't it? Yes. And, yes. and even when I look at my parents and I, yes. I thought for years I didn't really understand why I had my parents because yes. apparently we choose them when we're a spirit, mm. don't we? And then I thought, okay, well, the parts of them that I don't like, then you learn from that. Mm. And the parts that I love about them, well, mm. I just take on those qualities, hopefully. So, yeah. I mean, how interesting would life be if it was perfect? It wouldn't be interesting, <laughs> would it? Yeah. So I think we, the people around us that challenge us, we can learn yes. a lot from them, can't we? And, and if you're seeing somebody behaving in a way that you don't like, then that reinforces the fact that you won't behave that way yourself. Mm. And if you see lovely people, you can emulate the way they behave as well, yeah. can't you? So, yeah. you know, we can learn so much from people around us. And I think one of the most interesting things I heard was if, if you're with somebody and they're really annoying you or mm. they're pushing your buttons, then you've got to turn it on to yourself. 
Mm, because I like that. It's it's all about us, not them. Yeah. Yes. They're, ref they're reflecting something in ourselves that we're not happy with. And that's a really good occasion to self-examine mm. what we are like to other people mm. uh, and how we can change, you know, how we are. Because none of us are perfect. We're nearly close, mm. Charles. But <laughs> 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 no, I, I just think, oh, the older I get, everybody is an occasion. You remember, you're not older. Uh, Peter Pan. Don't play with those numbers, okay? Uh, Peter Pan. As as life goes on, <laughs> yes. I I find the challenges are mm. more educational than having yes. an easy easy life. I get bored very quickly, and mm. I like to challenge myself, as you already know now. And yeah. if that's pe people in my life that I'm thinking. Why, why are they annoying me? It's not many people, but sometimes they do. And, um, or there's just something about them. And I think, what have, what have I got to learn from this person? And if you give it some time and yes. think about, re really, really get honest with yourself, um, you learn something. And that, mm. you know, I think we're here to learn and develop and become better people, definitely. Mm. Rosie, come here. My dog's being silly. Mm. Um, That's true. Yeah, so life's, life's not supposed to be easy in a bed of roses, I don't think so. Otherwise, we're not, um, we're not developing. I don't think our souls are developing, are they? No. Or I don't know what you believe about whether we go on to anything better, but I, I do feel we're here to learn something, that's for sure. And to, yeah. to help other people learn their lessons as well. I'm yeah. sure many people find me annoying. <laughs> But now I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't find you annoying. <laughs> oh, some people will. And I just think, okay, that's your lesson. <laughs> Somebody has to learn something, you know? Somebody yes. has to learn something. Yes. <laughs> but it is, it's so nice when you meet somebody where you really feel on the same wavelength with though. And yeah. I, I've been meeting a lot of people recently. Now it's... Um, becoming clear what I want to do people are coming into my life and I'm thinking oh it's a totally different vibration of um, you know you uh, we say you're singing from the same hymn sheet hmm. <laughs> you know uh, you understand uh, you know you just don't have to explain yourself and that you can just sort of relax a little bit and uh, feel that you're heading in the same direction with a you're not the only mad person on the planet like sometimes i have thought myself to be uh, which is really great yeah <clears throat> you seem so much happier you know if you ever come to a point where you felt so low or you know like uh, thing which really troubled you and how did you get out of that? You know, did you come to a point where like everything seemed to be meaningless? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And in fact, uh, not that long ago, I have reached uh, a point where I was questioning whether I really want to be here. And that has been the case for many, many years. Because I've been, um, I've had traumas in my earlier years, which led me down a certain path of self-belief, self-worth. 
Uh, I didn't go to church for years because I thought even mm. God would find me disgusting. And, and if you think you're beneath the, uh, the eyes of God as, as mm. being valueless, you can imagine how that, that pains the heart totally. And I lived like that for years and years and I was self-destructive and, and I'd had my daughter and I thought I'll wait till um, she's grown up and then I'm going to commit suicide. That was, I spent years thinking this when she's grown, when she can survive on her own, I'm gone because I just thought I was totally valueless and it has been difficult, really difficult. And I think uh, there are a lot of people living with that sense of uh, mm. lack of value and self-worth. Mm. And I think uh, what started me mending was I did go to a chapel, um, I think it was 18 years ago now, mm. and that was with their help. Um, and I really did reconnect with God then. I really did. Not in a religious sense, in a really deeply personal mm, level personal. yes yeah, yeah totally and mm. uh, although I left the the formal religion um, behind after a couple of years uh, because it was it was you know, weren't allowed to question things there and mm. they didn't like me reading other books uh, you know right. and I'm as I say I've got a really busy brain I want to find out everything uh, so that that was the beginning of a like a chink of light in my dungeon it felt like I was in and I explained it to someone. It was felt, felt like someone had taken a brick out of the wall and the light started coming through. But that was 18 years ago. And mm. I would say for the past 18 years, and I remember on the, I did the Speak to Inspire course last autumn. And mm. the first, the first um, video I made, I, I think I almost had a, a sort of, uh, not exactly a breakdown, but it all came out nobody had known how I'd been feeling hmm. and I was crying and I said I'm sorry but I feel like ending it now when this is last autumn and you know even now I have to really work hard to think no you've got purpose you you've got hmm. to stay there is reason to your life but you know obviously <laughs> I can look back now and think oh I've, I've been depressed since I've been a child and that's something to do with the upbringing it's something to do yeah. with traumatic events when I was 16 and it's something to do with uh, a lack of self-love. You know, there's, mm. there's a multitude of reasons for it, but mm. um, generally they are outside of myself affecting me. Uh, I know some people can't help um, their depressions, but I know that uh, with um, self-love, uh, value, uh, meaning in my life, purpose, mm. oh my God, my days change. And these past few weeks, you know, I'll have a bad day, but... I, I almost feel like I'm walking around on a high, you know, uh, hmm. a, a sort of natural high. And, um, you know, I think it's just that now thinking, no, I don't have to stay in that role that I've been for the past few yeah. years, which we're not mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to keep that identity at all. You know, I, I've now got the confidence to think I can um, step into what, I feel now was my purpose and and that has just you know transformed myself really and uh, you know I just think if I if I could apart from you know uh, encouraging people to change the way they live and not consume animals if I can just give anybody hope that feels mm. that feels so bad about their lives that there can be an end to that 
and even just talking to someone because I didn't talk to anybody for a long, long time. And it's the talking to people that helps and it's um, mm. uh, being heard and having somebody yeah. listening to you without judgment. Yeah. Oh, we, we all need this. Mm. Uh, yeah. and, and I'd live, live feeling like an island completely disconnected from everybody for too long, you know, and that wasn't reality. It was self-imposed. So mm. uh, it, takes, it takes a brave step to open up. It really does. And I know there'll be people out there that don't want to do it and they feel vulnerable, but oh my goodness, it changes your life and so much for the better. And you could just walk into a so much better life if you could just take that step and do it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm I'm there for anybody, and I get the feeling, Charles, you would be there for anybody as well, and you'd be a fantastic listener. I want to be. <laughs> I want to be available. Yeah, uh, I can see it. I can see it in you. Yeah. What 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 tragedy happened to you then? I remember too. I was about that uh, edge uh, <clears throat> frame. You said when you were sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, 16. Really... Uh, well, I'd, I'd been sent away to boarding school and I didn't have a very particularly close family life. So when I left right. school at 16, I thought uh, I was discouraged to go to art college, which is what hmm. I wanted to do. So I just dreamt up this idea I was going to go and be a farmer because I, I had this romantic idea about farming, which hmm. we know isn't true, but I had that woolly, woolly, fluffy, pink, oh, it would be a lovely life, you know, looking after animals. Uh, and of course, that's not the case on, on the farms. But the, the worst thing that happened there was the farmer himself decided that he was going to uh, use me for his uh, sexual needs. Oh. So he... <laughs> He and his wife hadn't been, um, you know, um, happy in that area. So I was there living on the farm and he decided that um, that was what I was going to be there for. And because of the relationship I had with my parents, I put up with that rather than telling them what was going on. Mm. And um, so that, that led to me thinking a certain way about myself, mm. uh, that I was weak that I hadn't just walked out, I'd put up with it. And it also led to an awful lot of um, uh, uh, suppressed rage, mm. uh, suppressed anger against my parents because they couldn't magically see what was going on. Well, of course they couldn't. They just thought I was being a moody teenager. Mm. Um, you know, so, and then, you know, I had a year at college, which also had its troubles. So those, that, you know, 16 to 18 were, were sort of defining years because you leave mm. your childhood years into adulthood and that set a, a way of thinking about myself that uh, didn't serve me any use at all. Um, mm. And it, it certainly affected how I reacted to other people around me. Uh, certainly didn't let anybody in or um, get to know me and I wouldn't let myself be hurt again. So, mm. you know, I was the one that would push people away and, um, yes, it was, it was, uh, I, I didn't understand the whys and wherefores of it, but when I think about it now, it's given me an awful lot of, um, feeling of empathy and compassion for girls that go through the same thing, uh, women that are being badly treated. And also, uh, from the animal's point of view, uh, mm. the, the feeling of, uh, 
sort of impotence that you can't do anything about your situation which is what happens to farmed animals isn't it they don't yeah. have any choice choice in what's going on at all hmm. um so i can really i really resonate with that you know i see a lot of uh, yeah. what goes on i see a lot on the internet about how animals are treated and i think i well i just feel i was in that position at one time so hmm. i think that's just given me extra strength to speak up for them hmm. Yeah, but, you know, I do, I do think yes, it, it had a very uh, big effect on me. But I do realise that a lot of people go through a lot worse. So, you know, now I now I see the bigger picture and what other people go through. I think I was I got away lightly, really. Mm. You know, and and I can make a recovery from it. Mm. Yeah, and how um, how do you feel now about other people and especially men if a man you know did misuse it how do you how That's... have you come to cope up with it now you know how right you... That's yeah. really interesting because I have not been successful with long-term relationships because of what happened hmm. and I can see that there was never any trust I I don't trust men hmm. um but but how I look at it with a more mature mind is that I don't like what men do. It's mm. not that I don't like men. I mm. felt for many years they're all bastards. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and then I thought um, I did when I went back to chapel. I the first person I told about what had happened was the minister. And a man he, again. Yeah, he was a man. He was a man. And he heard my story and he disappeared for days on end. And I thought, why did I tell this person? And it led to a lot more trouble. But he said, it's not the men you hate. It's what the men do. And I thought, I really thought about that. And I thought, that's mm. it. Because I love, I love being a human. I love humans. I love my fellow yeah. man, men, women, yes. children, old, young I feel we're all equal under God. Uh, yes. Not one of us is any better. And I've never had uh, any fear of um, authority figures or anything like that. I think we're all level and I have a respect for everything that we're all going through. And it's just our, it's, just, it's like our life experiences shape us, isn't it? So some people have really bad childhoods and that lead, leads them to act in a certain way. And, and maybe the, um, I was reading a book recently, it was really interesting about uh, why men are so um, grumpy with women sometimes, you know, and, and it's because they've lost, they've lost touch with their, you know, their nurturing side. And, you know, it, it leads some men to behave badly and other things lead women to behave badly. So I feel we're, mm. We're, we can be as bad as each other because women can be pretty horrible as well. But mm. men are just physically stronger. So we can't, you know, stop them doing things that they want to do. Uh, mm. So that's why men come across as worse than women. But we, I think between the sexes, we really need to do a lot of healing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely not, not a happy I don't feel there's a very happy, happy vibe at the moment. And men are angry that women are feeling empowered and we can do without you. And, you know, there's, there's, it just feels a little bit uncomfortable in the media at the moment. But 
But with regard, I have some lovely, lovely men friends that I, I really love. I really mm. have some lovely friends. Um, I mean, I love men, women, you know, I just, mm. I just think we're all, we're all doing our best that we can. But for me to, to say have a long-term male relationship, I don't think I can do it because the damage for me, it went too mm. deep for too long without being resolved. And mm. I definitely have trust issues and uh i'm definitely um oh i don't know i think i probably need a lot of help or, or mm. maybe there's just i haven't met the right person or mm. I, I haven't been very good with my boundaries and as uh, being assertive and things so all these things you've got to learn yeah. so emotionally i think you know a, a counselor once told me that emotionally i i stopped at 16 so for many years, I'd react as if I was still a teenager, which you mm. and I know I am still 18 in my head. But really, emotionally, that's how I feel sometimes when something crops up that is quite stressful. I'm, I'm mm. thinking about it as a young teenager rather than a more mature minded person. So but um, sometimes I have felt I hated men, but I know that's not true. <laughs> Mm. I really don't hate men. I just hate the things that we do to each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think would be like a, a crossover between men and women? What would be the solution there? Like, like you said, mm. men are this side and the women this side, and there's a kind of like a. It's difficult. Women are weaker. What could you think? Could oh, like that's it? really difficult, isn't it? Because I think for starters, we've all got to be open to the opportunity mm. and willing to um, communicate. And if you're um, willing to be vulnerable and to share and not feel you've got to uh, conform to the uh, the uh, common image of how we should behave, hmm. but just do it from the heart. Um, I'm, I'm no expert on this <laughs> for sure. I really don't, but I know honest, honest communication is absolutely it. And when you think that we all feel like we're so young inside and, and when stress has come up between men and women, we're, we're sort of a, reacting childishly mm. you know where oh well my needs aren't getting met because she's mm. doing this that and the other so we react quickly and and that's that's not very mm. healthy or helpful isn't it but mm. you know that's the if we haven't been taught otherwise then you know that's just natural isn't it but mm. i just think we need we need to learn a better way of communicating and yeah. being happy happy with each other mm. um and also just just not being ashamed of being a woman and not being ashamed of being a man. Yeah, I think the shame is, is very destructive. I felt shame for many, many years yeah. uh, for, for what had been done to me, which was crazy. And that's worse than anything. You just feel, um, why would any man want anything to do with me? You know, mm. um, so if all that can come out in the open, they say, you know, if you shine the light on darkness, mm. it disappears. And that's, totally true so i just think men men have this awful macho image that they feel they've got to live up to haven't they and that must be quite difficult it it's um 
you know, in the past and in the media, you're not allowed to cry and you're not allowed to, to, you know, be vulnerable and show your feelings. And that's so harmful for the, for the men, for their souls and their psyche. Um, we need to definitely change that, but do it in a very safe, safe mm. environment, you know, where you don't feel um, ridiculed or embarrassed. Yeah, so. it stifles our expression, right? Because of those kinds of fears and 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 and, and the shame and and and, and things like that, you know, it yeah. kind of stifles our. Yeah, I think also we cannot be really happy like you was talking about. Yeah, no, not when you're yeah. you're full of fear. Yeah, yeah, when you're full of fear, uh, fear will and stop shame. us doing a lot. Fear and shame, definitely. Hmm. Uh, but it it really shows my progress that. Now I don't care what anybody else thinks about me mm. because I know my own value. And, uh, you know, I look around at everybody and I know, I know their value as well. So, uh, you know, I know we're all, we're all loved by God. And therefore, you know, what have I got yeah. to be afraid of? Yeah. I, don't, I don't worry about the fact that people will be looking at me doing my handstand, having a good laugh, because that's why I did it. I want to give people a laugh. Yeah. And to encourage them to do something that takes them outside their comfort zone, to to shed off a little bit of fear of what people will think, because mm. the, it's the fear and the shame and uh, those sorts of emotions that just hold us back from being amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. What do you think are the 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 most negative emotions? I think you've just mentioned some of them. Yeah, definitely from a self-destructive point of view, shame, shame, yeah. definitely. Uh, to, towards other people, while well, you can hate for, for the stupidest of reasons and hating, hating your neighbor, hating another country, well, that's a ridiculous waste of emotion. But on a personal level, I don't think you can be um, happy with shame definitely hmm. you need to get that gone <laughs> um definitely absolutely yeah 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 which uh, emotions have kept you stronger which emotions have kept me which stronger have kept you like a feeling i know the answer to bigger? this <laughs> It's hope. It's oh. hope. Hope. Yeah. Because uh, without hope, yeah, I would have committed suicide years ago. Mm. I would. But because I educate myself and because I have hope that that the darkness I felt wasn't real mm. and that it was all in my head and it was all circumstantial. I had hope that that wasn't the case. Therefore, I kept going day after day. And with hope, anybody can do anything, can't they? With mm. hope that the neighbor will be friendly or go and knock on their door and say hello. Mm. You know, you can, you can hope that, you know, things will get better. And mm. then obviously do something, you know, positive to, to encourage yeah. that along. You know, you can't, you can't just sit at home and, and hope things will be better. You've got to take action as well. But yeah. without hope, I don't think anybody would do anything, would they? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a natural optimist. I, yeah. yeah, I've come across natural, neg uh, uh, what do they call them? 
when they're negative all the time. Um, and that, that must be very difficult uh, to live with. Yeah, when you think, oh, it's raining. Well, that's because I wanted to go out today. And I've, I've come across people that say the most negative things. And I think, how can you live like that? Thinking it, it's because of you that it's raining. Because <laughs> it's raining, right? Yeah. I had someone, well, he continues to do it. And I thought, wow, that's really hard to live like that. <laughs> if it's raining, I say, okay, I'll wear my coat today. I don't think it's because of me. <laughs> yeah, it's not personal thing. No. <laughs> People take, take it personally, right? <laughs> yeah, really. But then, then when, when we help the ego disappear out of ourselves, we realize it's nothing to do with us at all. We're just this tiny little speck on this planet Earth. We're, we're almighty and we're nothing at the same time. <laughs> it's very interesting. Uh, what do you think would change if you, you know you have hope and then you have happiness combined together? What do you think would be your the bigness of the bigness of your heart of your? Wow, of your, with uh, with hope and happiness. Hope and happy. You are hoping and you are happy, and happy at the same time. You combine these two ways together. Yeah, that, that leads to a very, very, yeah, happy person. But that's together, that's not enough, though, is it? You need to put action in, into that yeah. melting pot as well. <laughs> you know, true. Like I said, you, you could sit at home being hopeful and happy, but nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, that's that. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I think be hopeful, yeah. be happy, have a purpose and be prepared to face your fears and do it anyway yeah and act act your faith right <laughs> definitely yeah 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 i want to ask you one last question if you had all the powers in the world magical power how would you help the animals and how would you help people right okay you have all the powers to do what you can do. And you okay. can do. <laughs> well, for, for the animal's point of view, I think I would, I would make humans see them as equal to themselves. Hmm. So that w while I look at my dog, I wouldn't possibly dream of eating her. Hmm. I would enable everybody to look at all the animals and the creatures around in that same light that we're all earthlings on this earth together with equal value. And so that they look at them all and they think, why would I want to do that? They, they'd lose all desire to do that. Hmm. I think that would be awesome. Hmm. If I, I, I said to a friend of mine once, uh, and he did laugh at me for saying it, but I said to my friend, if, if my sacrifice led to everybody becoming vegan, I would sacrifice my life for that hmm. purpose. Just like Jesus sacrificed his life for hmm. the purpose yes. of bringing people to God. And, and my friend laughed at me. <laughs> but I thought, that would be amazing. Well, I mean, my biggest wish is for everybody to, to value the animals' lives. And I, and that, so that's from the animals' point of view. So what could I do for humans? I just think if we could all realize our value and potential hmm. And the fact that we are living examples of God itself and to realize how magnificent we are. 
we could achieve anything, couldn't mm. we? And we'd all be together doing it on the same side and we wouldn't be divided and we wouldn't be, oh, he's in this club and she's in that club. We'd mm. all be together feeling equal and loving each other. Can you imagine a world like that? Oh. I mean, it would be wonderful. That would be no it? sorrows, man. That would be, be a joyous world, a celebration. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be a celebration? Yeah, it would be a world uh, just dynamics of celebration, yeah. accepting one another, value, Love. loving one another. What a beautiful world. Yeah. Jude, thank you so much. Oh, it's been a time to be on my show. It's been such a pleasure talking to you, Charles. I've really enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) How can people get to in touch with you on Facebook or? Yes, I'm definitely on Facebook, and I have a a Facebook page which is called Eat Sprouts and Leaves, and there I put. Eat sprites, sprites, and you know, leaves. those green things, eat sprites yeah. and leaves. And that's where I do little videos of cooking demonstrations and what have you. And I have, um, I am going to start a website where I'll be writing a little bit more about this, um, putting up recipes and things like that and anything to do with animal rights. So, yes, I'm, I'm going to be quite busy soon. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> well, it's been delightful talking to you, Charles. Thank oh, you. Oh, that's 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 lovely, man. Yeah, let me just say, um, thank you so much to our listeners for listening to to this podcast, and uh, hope this is really uh, Jude's uh, what she spoke about really inspired me and really give me gave me a better understanding about vegan and and uh, a lot of things you know it's been just inspiring and uh, yeah she said say it again your web your 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 website is it your facebook eat sprites and leaves eat sprites and leaves yeah and if you want to follow us on uh, podcast itunes happiest people on the planet just go to itunes happiest people on the planet and Looking forward to see you in the next episode. God bless you and good night, everyone. Bye-bye.